And welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. Bill Jack from Worldly Academy with me again. I can't get rid of you. I know. I just, you know, you think you've locked the door <laughs> yeah. and I Look what crawls back in. learned to pick the lock. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you catch the Super Bowl. Sunday. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. It was, it was right. a, for a football game, it was a tremendous game. And for a Super Bowl game, it was just superlative. A superlative Super Bowl. Superlative Super Bowl. Uh, I missed it. Yep, I know you're being spiritual. Mm-hmm. I was, I was being a pagan. I was in church. Yep. Then I came home and thought about turning it on. Then I thought, well, forgot all about then it. Then you didn't. Forgot all about it. Made noodles for the family. Ramen. Yeah. Well, I was, I was wonderful bowl of ramen. ramen. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, let's talk about the uh, "He Gets Us" campaign one more time. I think we were here a year or two ago. $100 million funneled into a PR campaign for Jesus. Finally, Jesus is getting a PR campaign. <laughs> huh? Well, there was some controversy around you know, those ads. You know, and Jesus is slipping on the ratings. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah. He's slipping on the ratings. Yep. I mean, am I overstating the case for Europe, North America, the Western world? Yeah, I wrote the book, right? But he's slipping in the ratings. I think he's just too judgmental. <laughs> well, according to uh, Megan Rapinoe, mm-hmm. who is the soccer star who blew mm-hmm. out her her Achilles, mm-hmm. and she said, my injury just proves that there is no God. Yeah. And she just gotten a lot of pushback from that. And she says, quote, somebody needs to check on the Christians, end quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Anyway. Um, so it's all over. I mean, sports, sports is a real mixed bag. It is. You have mm-hmm. two quarterbacks who who are outspoken about their faith playing in the Super Bowl. And you got a lot of players who are, are outspoken about their faith. And yet and the you NFL have a fairly tried, woke NFL. Yeah. You agree and, with that? Yeah. The NFL is trying to suppress mm-hmm. anything that, that is, let's say traditional values, mm-hmm. but specifically Christian values. Well, if they say Jesus is too committed to the holiness of God, too committed to the law of God and too committed to this idea of, Saving us from our sins. It's the wrong Jesus. It's not the it's not the Jesus they that the I saw Jesus. portrayed and he gets us ads. Uh-uh. It certainly nope. wasn't. Nope. I think it's the opposite of what the church has stood for for two thousand years. It's the opposite of what the Bible actually says. And by the way, it's funded by Hobby Lobby's David Green. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. It's just pitiful to see Christians trying to elbow themselves onto the table at the Super Bowl. And of course, I guess you've seen it, right? The photographer has gone through this stylized approach uh, to uh, figure these various characters washing people's feet. Right. A Latino cop is washing the feet of a young black man on a metal milk crate in a sinister alleyway, um, evidently not arresting the man, not serving as a civil magistrate, but rather washing the feet of some man in a, Sinister alleyway of some sort. A woman washes a girl's feet outside abortion clinic while the activists are protesting in, in, the, in the background. background. In the background, yeah. right? And and seemingly oblivious to the to the girl in uh-huh. the foreground. Uh-huh. Uh huh. An oil man washes the feet of a girl protesting on behalf of the environment. There's the bus with the immigrants, and so forth. So 
Now, the, the idea is that uh, Jesus, now this is the way it goes at the end. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He gets us. All of us. All right, so that's the ad. Now, at the very least, it's extremely confusing. It sets God's law against God's love. Yeah. And which is pretty typical. God is about relationships, not rules, right? The typical shacky kind of Christianity. Remember the shack came out right. 15 <clears throat> years ago, big, yeah. big seller. It refuses to bring in repentance as a message that needs to be sent to Mars Hill. Because remember, you're on Mars Hill when you're sponsoring a $9 million advertisement for the Super Bowl. You follow me? That's Mars Hill. Yeah. So when you're on Mars Hill, what do you do? Well, you do what the Apostle Paul did, call men and women to repentance. Mars Hill is a call to humility and repentance for those caught in the obvious sins of abortion and homosexuality. So what's your, what are you to do with somebody who is uh, living a life of homosexuality and uh, in the process of killing a baby? What would the Apostle Paul do? What would Jesus do? He would say, your sins are forgiven, but go and sin no more. So again, the, the separation of those things, the mind of the evangelical is extremely damaging to the gospel message. You agree with that? Yeah, it was, it was very confusing because it, it was, uh, as you like to say, it was very squishy. Mm. You, you weren't sure what the message was. Okay, so in that sense, it could be taken different ways too, right? It could be taken different ways. Which is it very postmodern. If you are on, if you're not a believer, mm-hmm. you could take it as, oh, then I'm free to do whatever I want to because mm-hmm. Jesus loves me. This I know, so yeah. I'll keep on rolling with the flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the byline is Jesus didn't teach hate. He well, now let's feet. talk about that for just a second. <clears throat> In Revelation 2, we find that Jesus said that he hates, that he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. So, okay, now we got a problem, don't we? Yeah. He said a man must hate his father and mother in comparison with his love towards God. Love towards God must trump all other loves in that sense. He also taught, and these are the things that Jesus actually taught. Uh, Jesus taught all of us that God loves Jacob and hates Esau. So these are the sorts of things the Bible teaches. It just it's there. You can't argue with it. So you don't. Well, you want to be very careful with how you. Now Jesus wants us to hate. You agree with that? He wants us to hate sin. I, hate I mean, sin. give me an example here. Matthew chapter five. Remember this passage. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. That sounds to me like he's teaching hate to me. It's what you hate that matters. It, yeah. Again, this is another confusing element. Jesus didn't teach hate. He taught us to hate our sin, right? R- Matthew five twenty nine. That seems pretty obvious, right? If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It sounds to me like he's teaching us a hatred for sin. Does, does that sound right? Yeah. Now, I know people <clears throat> are offended by Jesus. They're offended by this kind of stuff. You read this kind of stuff. These are fighting words. They don't want to tear out an eye. They, they don't want to hate sin to that extent. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Jesus is all about hate. He's about love too. It's about what you hate, what you love. We're to love God and love righteousness and to love the brother in Christ, to love our enemy and pray for those who despitefully use us. But we're not to love child molestation and homosexuality and serial killing. And we're to hate God's enemies. And God says in, in, in Psalm 26, 5, I hate the assembly of evildoers. 
and I will not sit with the wicked. So, so again, what we're getting here is bad teaching yeah, at, at the very least. It's muddled theology mm-hmm. and it is incorrect at, at worst. But let's step back and analyze what they mean by the word hate because they're speaking to a broader culture and you know, you know, there's a wink, wink going on here, right? They're saying Jesus didn't teach hate. Now, what do you mean by hate? Hate is defined by a culture, right? The culture has defined the words for us. So everybody knows this is virtue signaling. They're they're signaling, aren't they? It's a virtue signaling. We're not into hate. We hate hate. We don't want to hate. Well, hate is defined in our culture as hating sexual sin and the killing of children. Everybody is supposed to know what hate means. Now, these guys are not redefining the word for the culture, which is what we did just now. We defined it for the culture, but we're not speaking to 78 million people. We're speaking to a small group who basically know what we're talking about to begin with, but we're also defining our terms carefully, but they're not going to do that. Why? Because they're capitulating. They're kowtowing to the definition of hate that is provided by the culture. In fact, I, I, I wanted to say, well, what is hate? What is this hate speech and hate as defined in the legal definition? There's a legal definition for it today. And so what is it that Jesus doesn't do? Well, he doesn't engage in hate speech. American Literary Association or Library Association website actually gives us the definition. So we have no trouble getting the definition of what the He Gets It campaign is all about. Jesus doesn't teach hate. So what is it? Hate or hate speech is any form of expression through which speakers intend to vilify, humiliate a group or a class of persons on the basis of sexual identity and gender identity. Okay, so that's it. That's hate in the modern vocabulary. Jesus has no intention of humbling proud Pharisees, proud homosexuals, or proud anybody else. That's that's what they're telling the average person who's listening. Are you with me here, Bill? I, yeah. don't, I don't think it takes a genius to figure out what they mean by the word hate. No. And we've adopted the culture's language again, whereas Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 reads, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, in other words, pride, Mm -hmm. a lying tongue, Mm -hmm. misrepresenting the truth, hands that shed innocent blood, Abortion. abortion, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. All right. So God hates, Jesus hates, and loves. Loves that which is good, hates that which is evil. All right. Well, anyway, I I think we get what God is telling us in his word, but they evidently don't get it. All right, so we're going to talk a little more to this in just a moment. Let's take a break, Bill, and come back to this. And the reason we're dealing with this, Bill, is because there's so much obfuscation going on in our society today that if we can't define our terms and if we can't, if, if, if the average Christian can't look at this and go, there's something really wrong with the He Gets Us campaign. I mean, there's something really, really wrong with this. Then these people are in trouble, like really in big trouble. Be back in just a moment on Generations. We've seen it, folks. God is working in the hearts of dads and sons, and he's turning the hearts, turning the hearts of fathers back to the sons and the hearts of sons back to the fathers and turning us all back to God. That's what we're looking for, and that's the theme of the Father-Son Retreat we've been sponsoring out here in the mountains of Colorado for the last 20 years. 
And I've been part of this for all this time. Now, God has done amazing things through the years. Uh, well, I've seen it. 350 dads and sons getting into God's Word together. Nothing like it. Camaraderie, brothers on brothers. It's a band of brothers coming together. Powerful talks, prayer, father-son walks and talks, meaningful engagement. It's almost going without saying that dads and sons don't get enough time together. And hey, we don't get enough time out in God's nature playing games and going for hikes in God's fresh air. And we don't get quite enough time in God's Word either. So don't miss this year's father-son retreats this August in the Colorado Rockies up in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Check it out at coloradofatherson.com and register today and be one of the first 125 people to sign up and save $100 per father and son. Secure your spot with the biggest discount available right now at coloradofatherson.com. Back on Generations, this is Kevin Swanson, also Bill Jack. The He Gets Us campaign, $100 million thrown into this. What a waste. And, and Bill, almost nobody likes the ads. I mean, that's what I'm getting. The conservatives don't like it. The Christian, real Christians are like, forget this. This is basically the way we're looking at it right now. And the liberals don't like that. There's about 5% of the population compromised squishy Christians that might actually be drawn to it. I guess David Green liked it. <laughs> David Green. And uh, But I think these guys are disconnected from God's truth and what's how God's word speaks to everybody, to, to, to call, to faith, to, to the gospel, to repentance, and, and to believe in Jesus who's come to save us from our sins, not just to engage in moral, some kind of externalistic moral activities. Yeah, it was symbolism over substance. That was the, the message that you saw in that. Uh-huh. It was just, oh, you need to go out and just love everybody. Well, what do you mean by love? I mean, yeah, let's you, get we, down to it. We haven't defined, they didn't let's, define let's, hate, they let's, didn't define let's love. Start, let's start by loving God. my neighbor mm-hmm. and end by loving his wife or maybe his son or maybe his 12-year-old daughter. Or maybe about just, that? just loving your good deeds that you've done. Making oh, yeah. I mean, it's, again, squishy, undefined, nothing burger Christianity. And the reason I think we're addressing this, Bill, is because this is somewhat mainstream evangelicalism. Right. Aaron Wren uh, wrote a, a piece about this, and he, he said, you know, as someone who defended the ads last year, he said he wasn't really thrilled with them, but he said he defended them last Which, year. Which, by the way, we did not. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, this year, he said, there's several problems with these advertisements. Uh, Number one, these ads present Jesus as an ethical teacher and moral example rather than a savior. Number two, and he explains this in more detail, but number two, the ads are explicitly left-wing culturally and politically, as you pointed out. And finally, the ads trash traditional conservative evangelicals. And he mentions the scene outside the abortion clinic as an example of that. Well... Jesus didn't run out there and wash all the Pharisees' feet and the prostitutes' feet and so so forth. He washed his disciples' feet, number one, as an example for how they should serve one another in the church. So this ad does not respect the institution of the Christian church, but takes the institutions of the Christian church, throws it out into the world. Uh, moreover, when people had really, really hard hearts, places like Nazareth and Capernaum, they weren't interested in what he had to say. You know, he didn't heal people there. He didn't do miracles in those places. So Jesus was pretty hardcore when it came to people that weren't willing to receive his message of of repentance. And really the message of John the Baptist as well, which was to, to repent 
and and to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and that should be the message that goes forth. If you're going to invest $100 million into a campaign, why not actually bring the gospel out, why at not, least in yeah. some way, shape, or form? Why not just say what Psalm 9710 says, Oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil. Yeah, it's good to throw that out there too, yeah. By the way, the immediate reason for washing feet, uh, Jesus didn't ignore his disciples' sins when he washed their feet. This is something somebody else pointed out in ChristianPost.com. That is actually why he washed their feet. He didn't wash their feet as a symbol of tolerance for sin. He washed their feet to symbolize their spiritual cleansing from sin. I thought that was a really powerful point. By the way, this this, this crazy ad is bringing out a lot of really good points. I think people are discussing it and, and yeah. coming up with some good solutions. He said in John 13, 8, remember what he said? He says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me, which means uh, he was washing their feet and eventually he would wash them with his blood. As we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness as well as to forgive us of our sins. So the point being that Jesus was illustrating something, but really wasn't uh, the idea of, you know, we're to run out and wash everybody's feet out there, but rather something actually far more important. The woman at the abortion clinic, she needed to be washed of her heart sins, same thing for the homosexual and the LGBTQ crowd that was featured so prominently in the ad. But that that really isn't the thrust of this. The thrust of this is just go out there and be a good example, be humble, be serving. And everybody says, we love each other. We are the world. We are the people. Uh, we are the children. We love each other. And we're all going to go to heaven together. Yeah, I think that's the message that the average person is getting out of this. So I'm trying to think of a ad campaign that could be even more confusing and more messed up than this message that was communicated through David Green's program, He Gets Us. I, I mean, can, I can you think of something, no. you know, try to put together something absolutely more obfuscating, more confusing than something like this. I, I just can't think of any way to do it uh, better than they did it, yeah. quote unquote. They, if they were trying to blur the lines between Christianity and secularism. They did a very good job of that. And this is the point that we made last time. And I'm going to drill into this just a little bit. He gets us. Let's talk about that. He gets us. I looked that up in the dictionary as well, because all these terms are somewhat colloquial terms that are being used, like, you know, hate and he gets us and such. So I thought I need to understand what that means, the American colloquialism. So I looked it up and sure enough, there's a dictionary uh, that rendering of what it means to when we say he gets us a dictionary definition of this, according to the modern colloquial expression, the United States of America is to thoroughly understand one's convictions, opinions, etc. Okay. Now. So God is coming to to us. I'm going to describe what's going on with this ad, all right? God comes to us, Bill, you and me. He steps into the room and he says, I just, I just got to understand your convictions and your opinions. I just, and I, I, okay, just share it with me so I can understand it. And so I can, I can sympathize and, and really just agree with you and be on board with you. Does that sound like the true and living God to you? I mean, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand your opinions and convictions. I submit to your reasoning on this. Is that, I'll play the, I'll play is the that, devil's is that, advocate. Is that, that the one. way that God's going to come to us? You know, if if they intended for it to mean that He thoroughly knows us and knows our unrighteousness and knows our need, then yeah, that he would does. be fine. He gets us. That would be fine. But the problem yeah. with that is that's not the way it's used it, in American it's, colloquialism. No, it's no. my point I'm making. Yeah. What I'm making is you're talking in the English language to American people 
in the year 2024, wake up and realize what you're saying, yeah. how people are taking it, their understanding. It. Yeah, you could see it that way, Bill, and I understand. There's, there's a there's a rendering, but that's not the rendering the average that's person not, is gonna no, gonna not. give to this. That's why this is so demonic and devilish. You follow, there's a deceptive element here. Yeah. And 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 they're not being honest. They're not being honest about it. the message is man-centered. It's still all about us. Now, I think the question is, do you get what God is thinking? Mm. That's more fundamental. Do you get what God is saying? Do you do you get what God is telling you? You know, when, when God spoke audibly, and he only did it three or four times in all of human history. Did it at the at Sinai, right? He had something to say at Sinai. So we shared some things at Sinai. The voice of God was heard. There at Sinai. It was also heard during the ministry of Jesus. You know what he said? He said, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Mm -hmm. Listen to him. Receive the revelation that he brings. Submit to what he has to say. But they hardened their hearts so much of of the ministry throughout, you know, the time he was here. And they didn't hear him. But but what, what does God want us to do? Does God want us to share our opinions with him or do, does God want us to hear what he has to say? And it's not, he, it's not and, an opinion. And, and he, Hebrews yeah. chapter one, two, three, and 12 is the theme of Hebrews is you better be listening. Yeah. And if you don't, it will be worse for you than you could ever imagine. He has, he has revealed himself to us by his son in these last days. And if you have ears to hear, Listen to what he has to say and do not refuse whatever you do, whatever you do, do not refuse the one who speaks. That's the message God has for us. He gets us. No, no, no. Question is, do you get him? Yeah. Yeah. That's the God centered message. So the perspective is all wrong. Maybe, maybe that would have been a good tagline. He gets us. Do you get him? Yeah. That would put it in perspective. That would put it in perspective, yeah. yeah. Let's just add that. Just go ahead and, you know, I don't know. Is there some way you can put that on all the ads? Just go to hegetsus.com. Yeah, just write me a check just, for a billion dollars. Yeah, 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 $100 million, something like that. All right. Well, friends, what this is saying is you don't need to repent. God needs to repent and see things the way we see it. That's the way the average humanist sees this thing. And it's just the opposite of the message that Jesus brought and John the Baptist and the apostles. Repent and believe the gospel today. That's the message to bring to the masses. And you know what? Just a million bucks would do it. I don't think we need a hundred million. Just give us a million. Actually, you just go out there and do it for free at the grocery store today. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, my friends. And just the breakdown, the squishiness of American Christianity, it's, uh, it's the rise and fall of the Christian faith in the West. And that's why I dedicated four to five chapters on this in my book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, the third edition now released, officially released. That's out there. And uh, added a seventh chapter, so got another chapter to it. And this is the final, final version of Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, available now at generations.org. Get your copy today. At generations.org, this is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.